You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is Saturdays in Tassie with Holly Fowler and Brett Jeeves. That's right, Jeevesy. Welcome to the show for Taz Racing. Foster or adopt a greyhound today? Visit gaptaz.org.au. Jeevesy, how are you this morning? Holly, great to be here with you as always. Um, beautiful morning. It's going to get to 22. That's always handy here in Hobart. Lovely. 22 is about the peak of our summer. I think it's it's it comfortable. Feels, yeah. I think we're getting maybe toward the end of our our summer. It started so late our summer last year as well, so I was sort of hoping that Maybe by this time we'd still be getting some really hot days, but it feels like we're going to get into winter pretty quickly, I think. I think so, which means footy. Which is yeah, which means footy, which is, we love which is footy. great. Speaking of footy, some really sad news come out, obviously, earlier in this week um, about Lance Spalding unfortunately passing away, or Springer, as he was commonly known around the community, an amazing contributor to Tassie footy. Um, so a... a a big um, well wishes from both Jeevesy and I to his family and all listeners that, that might have come across him or um, might have been friends with him because it seems as if he touched uh, many lives um, across the state and um, particularly around sporting communities. Jeevesy, did you get to meet Lance? Unfortunately, I didn't, but I've been, uh, I saw quite a number of videos of him coming out throughout the week and seems like quite a larger-than-life character. Yeah, Lance was an amazing fella. Um just a, a quick story about Lance. We, I, I worked with him briefly. I was running a mentoring program and Lance was at the North Hobart Football Club at the time and he was a contact person. So we met for a coffee at the old Italian pantry and uh, it was at 10 a.m. scheduled start time. Uh, we both got there. Uh, and, and honestly, we waffled nonsense through to about half past three that day. Uh, ate lunch, um, drank about 14 coffees and uh, and... Beyond that, whenever I saw Lance pass him in the street, saw him at a footy game, um, it, it was always just such a really great experience. You know, he 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 gave off such positivity that it, it truly impacted the rest of your day when you saw Lance or when you had a conversation with Lance. And um, it, it was it was horribly sad. Um, you know, still still young. You know, early sixties yeah. um, had 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 some heart challenges. So you know, I think the the really clear message. And we spoke to Ian Callan and uh, yesterday. On the, on the Friday morning show with Flash, who, who's mm. had his own heart problems as well. Really clear message. If you're, you know, you're in around that age bracket, mid-30s and onwards, you know, be sure to stay healthy, get your heart checked, get regular checks. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and Ian shared a great message just to ensure that you, you know, live, live life to its fullest. Um, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, just, just a horrible thing for, for, uh, for the sporting family and our, our thoughts and love are with them. Yeah, absolutely. And as, of course, we invite um, listeners of the show as well to text in, share their stories that they might have about Lance um, or, you know, his family. Uh, as always, yeah, we'd love to hear them, especially today. So 0437 555 if you get around to it this morning, text us in. But Jeevesy, um, we're apart today, which is a little bit sad. What's, uh, is the sun shining out there? <laughs> 
um, over yeah, well, in Tassie because it's absolutely been raining here, so it's pretty shocking. I was going to say, you've, you've run off to Sydney for a little holiday, but good on you for staying committed to the show. I think that's of terrific. Course. You've left me with all the technology here, which was a you know, probably, were, <laughs> which was probably a blunder. <laughs> uh, you need to give but, yourself a bit more credit. You're pretty good. You're fine. We we made it, which is which is great. So and look, pl- plenty plenty happening across the show. Give us the rundown, Holly. There is plenty of happening um, across the show, Jeevesy. Well, firstly, we've got to start talking about footy because, uh, uh, well, I know you probably won't want to given the result uh, for the Hawks this week, but we'll touch on that in a second. We'll have Bailey Kenzie, of course, later in the show. Ali Angustine. Um, Ollie Angustine, rather, from Hobart Chargers and Elise Villani off the back of, well, it, it seemed, you know, it feels like well, it feels like a, longer than a week ago, but we were talking about how the girls might go going into the finals, but absolutely smashed it and, you know, just exceeded our expectations as always. That was awesome. Oh, look, Holly, that, um, that game of cricket was one in a million. Um, yeah. The way, it, um, the way the momentum shifted, particularly across those last 10 overs, it was it was really cool to watch, but then of course at that last over, um, Sarah Coit bowling just you know stump to stump doing doing her job in South Australia to they just straight up capitulated. Uh, they needed four runs to win off that last over and and lost four wickets, mm. <laughs> which just which doesn't happen. So maybe a question for for Elise is you know did you win it or or did they lose it? Um, <laughs> but just a you know phenomenal last over and and, and a really um, you know, enthralling game of cricket. Yeah, I'll be looking forward to having a chat to her. I've watched so many of the highlights, particularly on the Instagram um, and on Twitter. But I'm wondering, did you know um, much about crowd numbers, Jeevesy? They got pulled a good crowd? Yeah, I think... um I think given the rain um, sort of throughout the late afternoon would have would have certainly impacted the crowd on the hill. So if you're watching on yeah, TV, on hill, it, it yeah. looked pretty empty. Um, but I am told that, that certainly under cover in the, in the Ricky Ponting stand, there was a, 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 a wealth of people. So, yeah, that's uh, awesome. Decent crowd, which is great. And you could... You can certainly hear them um, watching on TV, but yeah, yeah as I said, if, you were, yeah. if you're going straight off TV shots, it looked dead empty, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, you're not um, not wrong. I wouldn't have liked to have been over on the hill, but Jeeves, we better get to AFL. Obviously, preseason action. Your Hawks um, went down against the Pies, which was unfortunate. You didn't get up. You didn't get up to watch. Uh, I was actually up there on the day for oh, some work, but had to um, oh, you didn't, had you to didn't hang around. Had to make the trek back. Sadly, uh, family commitments. But um, I, I will say just quickly, going to Launceston and back in in a day at the moment isn't what it used to oh, be. It's a th- it's no, a three hour even, trip up, three hour back. Don't even start I, me. Yeah. I think my average kilometres per hour was about fifty eight. It's absolutely <laughs> it was, um, shocking. Lots of lots of roadworks, which which to be honest is a great thing. So you know they're adding adding um, some additional lanes almost all the way up. Um, yeah. So you know give it give it twelve months, it'll be really smooth and, and a whole lot safer, which is obviously the goal. So we've got to put up with a little bit of that pain, but yeah, certainly. Um, look, I mean, I think from a from a Hawthorne perspective, as a fan and a very passionate fan, um, we will take six point losses the entire year. That's that's kind of the goal. Be competitive, be enjoyable to watch and try and get the best possible draft pick we can uh, along the way. So more, more than happy to take those admirable losses. Mm, yeah, not wrong. But anyway, a six-point loss, not too bad. Um, and we'll get down, obviously, Frio uh, played Port and Frio got up. Uh, Lions got up against the Cats. Lions looking particularly strong. Well, they look great, Holly. Yeah, yep. 
very strong. I don't know. Is... What? They could be. It could be a, a Lions, uh, Lions in the finals. I think for for this season. Um, oh, I, I think anything less for them will be will be yeah. a, a, a failed season. Uh, will Ashcroft? He he just he's just fit in seamlessly. Uh, Gunson will be great. Uh, Josh Dunkley was phenomenal. He he's exactly yep. what they needed. The real bulldozer inside to, to support Lockie Neal, um, but also provide some polish. Um, he's a phenomenal footballer and. I reckon the Bulldogs might just regret not not giving him the the full time inside mid job that um, that that he's been wanting. Um, they've kind of stuck with Tom Liberatore, who's now into his, into his thirties. Um, I think certainly for their longevity um, in terms of you know, premiership windows, having Josh Dunkley in their team would have been very very handy. Mm. And uh, go, getting down across um, Saints got up against the Bombers, Swans up against the Blues. Um, E, uh, Crows over the Eagles and then North face Dogs today at 10 past one and then Giants face the Suns and Dees host Richmond today as well. So it'll be a good day. Um, go North, of course, and I know there's a few few North listeners as well, so we'll hopefully get the job done against against the Dogs today at 10 past one. And we saw um, the, uh, a few of the North staff were down in Tassie earlier in the week because they did a bit of a launch and I guess a a media sort of day as well, getting all the fans excited. So can't wait, can't wait to watch North. Yeah, I think I think you need to be smart about it as well, Holly. In that, if you can, if you can just you know mount up the losses, um, but show good signs, find some promising young kids who who, who you enjoy watching, who you know, provide a bit of excitement, um, and then collect the best possible draft pick you can next year. I, I think if if North Melbourne fans enter the season thinking that. Alistair Clarkson is going to have them making the finals. Um, it's it's going to be a long season. Mm. Well, I think it, Alistair Clark having anything to do with it restores people's faith just in general, fans and probably the playing group, because no doubt they would have been pretty downtrodden and sort of not knowing where to go next. But I feel like just breeds new life into the club. I'm excited. Yeah, well, it's hope, isn't it? That's the yep. that's the key in it. I think it, um, across the last couple of seasons, whilst there's been um, you know an unbelievable amount of losses, there, there's been very little positivity to, to come out of it. You know, the um, executive management and communication and um, internal decision making, coach reviews, um, yeah, all all of it pretty pretty ugly. Add to that the loss of the entire recruitment team. Um, halfway through the season, just before the um, preseason draft, um, so you know it's been it's been very gloomy for the Roos. So uh, I think, yeah, you are right. The addition of Clarkson adds, you know, huge hope to the fan base, and um, you know, hopefully, like I said, you know, throughout the season, you can find a, a foundation of kids that are going to be part of that next premiership team. Mm, absolutely, catch me up as well before we go to a break, Jeevesy, on the NBL breakers. Um, and Kings, obviously, um, Breakers leading at the moment, and then game two tomorrow at four o'clock. Um, yeah, that was a, game? was a great game last night. Yep, caught all of that. Um, the, the Kings struggled early, and then in their in their customary fashion, they you know clawed their way back. Um, but it looks like uh, Xavier Cooks left um, left the court late with an injury, so some uncertainty around his ankle. Uh, Walton Jr. suffered severe cramping um, to the point where it looked like he was going to have to be stretched off <laughs> off the court, um, and it's kind of it's one of those bizarre ones because when you when you find out it's cramp, um, you know you kind of laugh because we've all experienced the cramp and it can be funny. It happens at awkward times. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, hope so. Hopefully for him, lots of massage and, and plenty of hydration, and, and he'll be he'll be ready for Sunday. But the breakers were amazing. Um, 
Uh, McDowell White was, was truly phenomenal. He was uh, a, a rebound and an assist away from a triple-double, tw- uh, 19 points, uh, really controlled the tempo of the game, um, and he's a beast defensively as well. Great two-way player. So, yeah, the, the, the Breakers, they, they look the business. But interestingly, interestingly all throughout the season, um, Sydney versus New Zealand, the away team has, has won. So uh, if we're going on trend, Sydney will go to New Zealand and win as well. Okay. Which right. is bizarre. That very rarely happens. Mm, interesting. I just wish it was our jack jumpers. I'm still sad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, me too, as are the, the jack jumpers too, I'd imagine. Know. But, you know, watching watching New Zealand last night, you know, unfortunately, New Zealand were just a better team. Um, and I think Sydney are a better team as well. So um, I think definitely the two best teams of the um, of the competition are playing off in the finals, which makes for a, you know, a great final series. Um and and yeah, that that that's something that the Jack Jumpers haven't shied away from. A lot of a lot of talk from Scott Roth about you know being disappointed, but they've got work to do, and they're aware that that you know that they're not quite in that up, upper echelon. So how they go about that will be the really interesting part over the next you know six months, I guess. Is it internal improvement? Uh, is it recruitment of players? Uh, Tom will tell. Yeah, absolutely. We'll be able to go to a break, but we'll be back shortly after the break. As always, text in the show oh four three seven double five two. Five three five. We'll be back after this. This is Saturdays in Tassie with Holly Fowler and Brett Jeeves. That's right. Welcome to back to the show for Taz Racing. Foster or adopt a greyhound today? Visit gaptaz.org.au. Jeevesy, did you notice that I've um I've gotten used to the music now? I'm getting better each week. Yeah, <laughs> look, I um, <laughs> I, d- I didn't tell you this, but my dad was listening in on the oh, morning. Oh no! What? On the no 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 no. This isn't about you. On oh. the morning where you where you butchered it three times, almost back to back. And yeah. I laughed, obviously. I mean, that was yeah, was funny. inevitable. I was going to laugh, and Dad yeah. sent me a message. He's like, "You've got to take it easy on Holly." Oh. <laughs> he, was, he was really worried about you that I was uh, that I was going too hard at you. So there you go. Bless You've got a fan. Heart. Oh, he's my favourite. Uh, but it is no, it is good that you've um, that you've adapted, and also Ethan, our producer, is giving you a little heads up each time he's as well, so, which is probably important. Well, it's more just that you I, you get used to it for a whole year, and then it changes, and then yeah. you know you lose your mojo. But I'm back. You're back in the room, which is terrific. I'll tell you who else is back. Nathan Lyon. Gee whiz. Actually, we should just play. Um, Ethan's put together um, his, a bit of a wickets highlight package. Ethan um, will play that for us now. As Lyon completes the first over after lunch. Balls him! Shoot McGill went dancing and lost his middle stump. Lyon is in. Oh, big appeal for RBW. He loves it. Oh, and so does Joel Wilson. Rhodes got to go. It's a second wicket. Lion into Jadeja once more. Oh, now this is close to Billy. Really like it is Jazz Hands. Bolt him! Off stump. Goes back. Barada's gone. Lion's got another India lose their six. Lion bowls new over. Hits the pad of Ashwin first on the way through. Big decision to make for John Wilson. Ashwin leg before wicket for six. To leg slip. Is that taken around the corner? Oh, that is absolutely brilliant from Stephen Smith. Pajara's gone for 59, caught in the lakeside trap. Lion has six. Lion bowls here. Yumes swings across the line, out towards deep mid wicket, and it doesn't clear the fielder. Lion in. Oh, ball in! That's it. That's the 10th wicket. Australia have got them all out for 163. Eight wickets for 64 runs. Nathan Lyon take more than a bow. I don't know what comes after a bow. 
Take a knighthood. I'm just really proud of the way we've gone about it, to be honest with you. Um, yes, personal success is great to have, but I think um, after Delhi, we had a really good couple of days off as a team and some really good conversations at training and stuff. So I'm more really proud about the way we've gone about it as a collective group, to be honest. So yeah, but certainly it's, it's up there as one of my career highlights. That's, there's no doubt about that. Wowee. Jeezy, did you catch much of that live? Yeah, saw, saw a little bit of it. Um, very impressive. Um, you know who loves cricket maybe the most in the whole world? Adam Collins. Oh, I thought <laughs> you were going to say Bailey Kenzie. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but uh, he's a very close second. Um, yeah. Adam's calling is so passionate. That, that was, that was yeah. t- terrific to listen to. Um, what what Nathan Lyon can't say in, in all of that, obviously, you know, we heard a little bit from his press conference there and he's proud of his performance but what he what he can't really say is that you know maybe they won because they've they've picked as close to their best team as they can I think Pat mm-hmm. Cummins is obviously in in their best team um yep. Kuhneman's been terrific should have played in the first test Travis Heads up the top uh with Warner out has been terrific uh was amazing in that run chase yesterday you know only a, a small total of 76 but Given Warner's form of of late, Kawaja goes early. If Warner goes early as well, you, you're two for not many, and then you're under the pump. Travis said with a you know, strong counter attack. Um, yeah, I think you know someone probably needs to to stand up within the Australian camp and say, you know what, we we completely butchered the selection of the first test. We got closer in the second test, and we've got it right for the for the for the third test. Yeah. Uh, obviously, bar uh, Pat Cummins. So I think. Yeah, I, I I honestly think that whilst it's 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 dead rubber territory now, and and India will will retain, um, you know, series win and and, and well, not series win, but trophy. Um, there really needs to be some accountability from from the Australian selectors that that mm. they got it wrong. Um, everyone yeah. knows they got it wrong. It's been the hottest talking point in cricket ever, yeah. for the last little period. Um, I think I think that's that's the important step. Uh, speaking of cricket, if we can go a little bit more locally, Jeevesy, uh, Tassie gone down again against WA. It doesn't doesn't look so great over there um, in the setup. Did you and Flash talk about it much on the show yesterday morning? Yeah, it was it was certainly a um, a topic of conversation. Huge loss uh, in the yeah. in the Shield game uh, against WA at home. A b- embarrassing loss, to be honest. Um, you know, Tassie, but. Uh, uh, Back end of end of day two in in WA, uh, so so the return trip. Um, Western Australia made three thirty six in their second innings, responding to one seventy nine for Tassie, and then Tassie were one for twenty seven in the brief session um, at the end of day two. So again, uh, really up against it uh, against Western Australia, who are you know um, probably the best team in the in the comp at the moment, playing great cricket, but. There is some there is some real uncertainty around uh, around around the list. You know, it's it's an aging list. At, at the start of the year, Jordan Silk was very open about this being a a, a premiership winning team. You know, given the age demographic, um, given yeah. the uh, the experience um, w- within the team, uh, they they really felt like they they could win it. Um, you know, you would have to reflect back on on that and and feel that it's it's been a failed season, um, particularly. Yeah, a lot had to go right for Tassie to, to, to make the finals and still mathematically they're a chance, but that, that seems gone. So, you know, if you 
David and I spoke a little yesterday about you know about looking at the list and 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 there is a lot of scuttlebutt at the moment around you know guys heading back home um, the, the potential of Ben McDermott heading back to Queensland. Um, Matty Wade's, you know, likely to to, to pursue T uh, twenty yeah. circuit and 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 stay connected to to the Australian T twenty team. Uh, Peter Siddle likely back to Victoria and look, given his age, you know, maybe that's uh, that's a good thing in in terms of list management. It might see see young Tasmanian Gay Bell uh, reemerge as a um, as a first class player. Uh, what does Jackson Bird do? Tim Payne's likely to retire. Uh, and then you start to look at you know some of the opportunities that that the guys are missing out on. So Mac Wright's played, uh, who we spoke to last Saturday, lovely young bloke. He's played in the Shield game, but this is only his seventh first-class game across uh, seven years on the list. So he moved here as a young man, and he's a super talent. So um, does he look at the current setup and think, geez, maybe I'm best to, to be out of this to pursue first-class uh, Red Bull opportunities elsewhere? Lawrence Neil Smith has just been bought into the team at the at the back end. He was excellent at the back end of last year. Um, hasn't looked like a game this year, even though his, his form's been been very very strong. Does he look at that as you know as a little tokenistic? Um, and then uh, the other one is Ian Carlisle as well, who who saw mm. his first opportunity after four years on the list uh, in a, in a one day game. So there is there is a lot to play out for Tasmania across the next few months in in terms of their their, their list management and, and their strategy. But I thought it had to be done by a certain point, right? I thought we've. It didn't have to be their their list needed to be sorted by a certain date in particular. Or was that is that wrong? I think there's a, I mean, I, I, I'm a long way out of it, but I think there's a negotiation period. So you can start mm. negotiating from a certain point and then the list would need to be finalised by mid-May, maybe ready for, you know, contracts to be rolled out and pre-season to be delivered um, at, at, at the start of the new financial year. So, right. um I mean, I know too, Holly. The other thing as well is that there's a new executive over at Cricket Taz from a from a performance perspective. So Sally Ann Beams is a new high performance manager. She'll she'll get an opportunity to to sort of you know rubber stamp her direction um, in terms of the list. So she's taken on a list that that she hasn't built. Um, you know what what does she do with that? Does she look at some of the local Tasmanian talent and try and push? Uh, those young people in, um, and and look, it is a little bit the same with the with the women's program as well. There aren't a lot of young Tasmanians in that in that side, and they've been super successful, gone back to back. It's been you know terrific list man- management strategy from a performance perspective, but. Yeah, the, the the cricket community are asking questions across both the, the male and female programs. I think where asking questions? What's yeah, the, where is on? the young yeah. Tasmanian talent? Yeah, but also in that Jeeves, yeah, begs the question, and it's not um, in particular naming names or people's movements or whatever. But in general, for a team to be successful, do you feel like there needs to be a mix of both? Yes, upcoming and emerging talent, but also players that have had the game time experience and faced, in particular maybe more difficult game scenarios or being under pressure or being, you know, um, getting it significantly beaten. Do you need a mix of those to have a successful team as well? Because you obviously need leaders of the group that have had more game time to help younger mm. blokes understand certain situations too, right? And maybe to even just mentally to be like, it's all right, I've been here before, this is what we've got to do, you know? I've, I've always felt strongly that... that- that you get a 10% performance boost. Uh, look, and there's no science behind this at all. I can't back this up scientifically. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, I, I've always felt like you get a 10% boost on, on, on from local talent. You know, there is that additional... 
um, pride in, in in representation, I feel that that mm-hmm. players get when when representing their state, uh, it, yeah. it just means a little more. Um, I, I've always felt like when when you overload with with too many players that are on individual journeys that are that are aspirational for their own individual growth, it really can remove from that representation that that this green Tasmanian cap actually means something to me and I want to and I will go above and beyond to ensure that that I represent my state and my family and my suburb and my school friends and 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 my region the best I can you know you compare that to someone that moves down from from a New South Wales or a Victoria or, or, or wherever it might be can they can they represent with that with that same level of pride do they get the same little performance kicker I would I would I would honestly question that. So I think I think you are right. There is a balance and, and I, don't know I think if the I'd balance question is it for everyone though. Like uh, um I know certain, like people have come here as well and made a real home of it. Like families as well in Tasmania and they've really like made a good go of it and and, and it feels like home but yeah, anyway. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's no, no. I mean you are you are you are right, but those that that would be the minority. You know, if you if you look at the amount of people that come in and drift off again, versus the amount of people that come in and you know uh, and are here eight or nine years and 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 lay roots here and kids and I mean, family and stay. I think we stay. could probably talk about this all day, and it will be a conversation yeah. we'll continue to have about Tassie. But we better go to a break now and get to news. But we'll be back after this. How good, Jeevesy, the music it's brought us in. Happy days. Yeah, what's Welcome. what's that song? That's um, uh, Wallflowers. Um, <laughs> oh, it's going to kill me now. Ethan uh, always picks some good songs. <laughs> Were you about yeah. to start singing? Well, it, it actually, yeah, it went to the <laughs> chorus. I thought it was going to the first. Anyway, that's okay. Um, I'm oh going to find that God. song because that is a, that's a cool song. I do like that song. Ethan picks good music. I'm all about it. Well, he's, I love he's it. 20, but he's a he's a child of the early 80s. His music taste is established. Soul. Yeah, he's an old soul. No, I love it. Jeevesy, and I loved hearing about uh, your personal story of your your 18 coffees in one day with Lance Spaulding, who unfortunately <laughs> passed away earlier this week, or Springer, as he was otherwise known around the community, an outstanding contributor to AFL in Tassie as a player and coach across, uh, and I was learning this earlier in the week as well, obviously not being from Tassie originally. You didn't realise, like Sandy Bay, St Virgil's, North Hobart, um, Hobart and Hutchins Football Clubs, as well as the Tasmania Mariners and Tasmanian Devils programs. What a resume! Yeah, yeah. Just didn't hear there and just, everywhere. Uh, yeah, long, long time football contributor, Tasmanian football, yeah, and what an absolute legend. Yeah, you know, and Andy Bennett um, gave, gave a quote uh, over the last couple of days that you know mm. Springer was his was the best teammate you know he's, he's ever played with and, and he, he put the caveat and that is you know he, he doesn't say that lightly and you know Andy Bennett played with a, played a lot of football uh, across a lot of teams so you know for Andy to, uh, to, to speak so highly of, of Springer was yeah really special yeah absolutely and um all our thoughts of and deeper sympathies, obviously, to, to Lance's wife, Mandy, his children and family and everyone who had the pleasure of knowing him. We've invited listeners, of course, to text us in um, with their own stories about Lance. I'd like to hear a few more. So text us in 0437 We've got to go to a break now because we've got Bailey Kenzie on the other side of this for a bit of local news. This is Saturdays in Tassie with Holly Fowler and Brett Jeeves. That's right. Welcome back to the show for Taz Racing. Foster or adopt a greyhound today. Visit Gap Taz 
www.bailey.org.au and kindly joined, of course, by Bailey Kenzie, Win News. Bailey, welcome. Very good morning, Holly. How are you? Um, we're pretty good. Are you up in Lonnie? We are up in Lonnie. We're in a hotel room. I don't exactly know where. We drove up uh, after work yesterday uh, and I pretty much just rolled into bed. So not sure oh. where I am exactly, but I know I'm seven minutes from the ground. <laughs> so you're up there for the footy earlier in the week, obviously. No, we're up there to uh, play cricket today, but um, oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't actually make it to the footy earlier in the week, unfortunately. Well, I was a bit worried that you might have been cheating on us and you were doing some radio up there or, or something without <laughs> us. No, no radio infidelity today. It was all all very clean, all for cricket. And Bailey, <coughs> Bailey, understand if you do, we will find out. We will. We will find we, out. We are watching you. <laughs> watching at all times. Uh, very good. I've got what's happening on in news, big fella. Yeah, we've got a bit of Premier Cricket news up front, Jeevesy. Obviously, a big round of Premier Cricket looming today with a few changes to some of the key sides. Uh, there's a bit of a, a, a shake-up and there's no spot from sort of two to five that's really locked in. Clarence and Newtown are fighting it out for that fourth spot. The Roos are sitting in at fifth. Newtown are in at fourth. Clarence will face Glenorchy at home in what's a pretty straightforward contest for them. Glenorchy's in at eighth and will they're well and truly out of the race for a final spot. The Roos, they'll be without Riley Meredith and Lawrence Neal-Smith. Lawrence, of course, featuring in his first Sheffield Shield game of the season. But with Elliot, Rainbird, Jones and Hinchcliffe at their disposal, it's a yeah pretty straightforward contest for them. Interesting to note that club stalwart and club coach Harry Allenby has not been named on the team sheet there. Meanwhile, over at Newtown, uh, they, they were able to dust off uh, North Hobart fairly comfortably last week, proving that they're worthy of the final spot but they'll need to also defeat Kingbury today to sort of lock that in. The Bucks, they'll be bolstered by the return of Mitch Owen, who featured in, in last week's List A contest for Tuzzy. He's also hit a ton against Kingbury earlier this season. So big game over there for the Bucks. South Hobart, they'll take on North Hobart. The Sharks, they're well and truly out of the race, but North Hobart, they're in an interesting position in third. Newtown only trails them by three points. Clarence only trails them by five points, so they really do actually need to win. People have talked about North Hobart as a relatively safe spot, and that's fair because Lindisfarne have the bye and they could jump into second if they win. Equally, though, if they lose, they could potentially slide down as far as fifth. So much to play for today. Uh, University, of course, playing up north uh, without Tim Ward, Jake Doran and Tim Payne as well. So plenty to play for. In the women's, there's a first-grade one-day grand final tomorrow at Blunston Arena. Greater Northern Raiders, they'll do battle with Newtown. The Raiders have been such a force in the women's competition over the last few years. They've got a few a few big names coming back into the fold, being Emma Mannix-Jeeves, Sasha Maloney and Julia Kavanagh. The Bucks, they get young Leggy, Amy Smith and also Lizelle Lee, which is a huge player for them. That final kicks off at 10am on Sunday morning. There's also a bit of BBL news floating around. Uh, Matthew Wade's been linked with a move to the Melbourne Renegades for next season's Big Bash. Although, as it stands, I believe he's got one year to run on his deal. He's one of a growing list of Tassie players who are set to make alternate plans for next season. Uh, and we know his future at a Tassie level is largely uncertain as well. But no one really saw it coming at a BBL level. Bales, um, if there's a year to run on Wade's contract, obviously looking at a, at a player trade, who, who would you like back from the Renegades? Yeah, it would have to be a player trade with a year left to run on his deal. Who would you like back from the Renegades? Well, I think it'd be a bit of egg on Tassie's face, but wouldn't you Tom just Rogers. love to see Tom Rogers? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, absolutely. He's yeah. obviously got a two-year deal, but he's a player that looms as highly effective. He bowls those power play overs. He also bowls pretty well at the death, and he's dominated white ball cricket, to be fair, over the last couple of years. So if you were going to go for a swap, that'd be ideal. 
I don't really see that as realistic. Mm. Uh, Dan Sherney, Dan Sherney is the man from Code Sports who's reported that story. So he'd have uh, more details, I'm assuming, on that. But a big coup for the Renegades if they were to pick up Matthew Wade from under Tasmania's noses. Mm. And what do you see happening at the moment, Bailey? We were talking a little bit earlier about the Tassie setup, and there seems to be a lot of uncertainty about obviously the the management of the list or what the basically what's going on because there seems to be a lot of changes do you know what the timeline is that that all those decisions have to be made i i thought that we were past it but i maybe i'm wrong no i believe the contracting embargoing window if you like is open at the minute so the changes are very much getting made as we speak before this week a large number of players remained unsigned i think only around five players actually had inked new deals. But as it stands how, now, how? I just don't a get few more how. players have renewed their deals. Um, yeah. But, yeah, there's still a lot that's up in the air. And, unfortunately, for Tassie, that's very much around the senior players on their list. Feels like there's way too much up in the air for this period in time. Like, it, it feels it, like this should have been done a bit earlier, to be honest. It does, and it's never a, never a very pleasant thing to have it's going on good... when you're actually in the midst of a Shield game and they've still got one to play after this. And before this week... Uh, Tassie, and as it stands now, in fact, still a very, very slim possibility of cracking that that Shield final. So, um, yeah, much to play for there and a lot of uncertainty. I know that the performance of the Tasmanian Tigers has left a bit to be desired as of late, of course. But I wonder how much of... Well, I don't know because I haven't played professional cricket. Maybe, Jeeves, you can jump in here and and you as well, Bailey. But how much of that... if, If this is looming over heads of certain players and they're uncertain about what's happening next... Could that as well be making having an impact on the current game as well? Because I imagine that's a pretty stressful situation with if conversations are going and there is uncertainty. I don't know if... I mean, if that was just my day-to-day job or that was happening in my day-to-day job, that would stress me out a fair bit. So, I'm I don't sure know. Jay-Z, yeah, I'm sure Jay-Z would have more to say on this, having been the only one of us two who's actually played professional <laughs> cricket. But what I can say is the two players who have been in the press being linked to deals interstate have not featured in the 11 for Tasmania this week. That's a fact. So, Ben McDermott, he's been dropped. And he's been yeah. linked with a move to Queensland. Siddle's been rested, moved, linked with a move back to Victoria. So, Tasmania's response as it stands to these moves, is, is very interesting to note that those some of the players who are in these trade whispers and these trade conversations actually aren't featuring in the 11 this week. But I'm sure Jeeves, you would know more. No, but, but when, when you say trade whispers, is, is there now a trade period for the for, for domestic shield contracts, so, so domestic state contracts? Can you be traded? Or no, is it no, purely not trade, out, not of, trade, out not, of contract? No, I'm just saying trade whispers uh, Sorry, as, gotcha. as just a piece of yeah. terminology. No, no, no. It's, no, uh, no, no, that's it's fine. an out-of-contract. Yep. It's very sort of down the line as it's always been. Yeah, I mean, to, to answer your question, Holly, a- absolutely it would impact performance. You know, what, what you seek as a professional as a professional athlete, doesn't matter the sport, is is trust and role clarity and, and certainty. You know, you want to be backed in. That That is the key to success. I know myself, the, the, my successful years came when I played under Dan Marsh, who just backed me in, you know, said, here's the ball, you go get it done, I'll back you in, fields, plans. Uh, and I, I hadn't had that before. Um, so for me, that that was really special. I know for any professional athlete, swimming, cricket, football, it doesn't matter. You want to be backed in and, and, and you want to be trusted. If you're uncertain about where you are next year or negotiations aren't going the way you want, uh, absolutely, that, that, that will no doubt have an impact on, on your performance. 
Absolutely, Jeeves. And I think looking on a slightly more positive note, if you're Jeff Vaughan, this is the first time that he's going to get a real crack at his list. He's come in on two occasions for Tasmania with the list really well mm. said and done. But on this occasion, he's going to be able to really compile it from start to finish. And if there is a bit of vacancy, that really does give him sort of room to put his imprint on, on Tasmanian cricket, which is a positive. Definitely. Sorry. Um, I've got a bit of other news just before I head off, guys. Um, I think it's important to touch on this SFL news. Uh, former Labor leader, David O'Burnwell, he's become the president of the SFL. Um, and that's pretty interesting. He spoke for the first time in his new role yesterday. The first thing he did was play down any doubts uh, around whether he's able to serve both as, as a member, he's a Labor member for Franklin, and also uh, as the chief of the SFL, two very big roles to juggle. Uh, interestingly, he's thrown his support behind a stadium, which is quite surprising for me commenting that good governments do not only deliver on health, education and housing, but also major infrastructure opportunities. So that's, that's a very interesting piece of dialogue. And while we're talking stadium, uh, earlier in this week, we saw a bit of a row in, in Parliament uh, with the RSL of Tasmania penning a letter in opposition to the this. proposed stadium because they don't know the proposed size, height and location of the stadium. So they don't know exactly where it is. They don't know exactly how tall it's going to be. Uh, and they don't know the exact scale of it. So in saying that, they say they're not willing to support it. Um, and I'm not exactly sure why, but they say they were forced to come out and make a decision. Um, and they've chosen this week to do so, which is, which is very interesting in the whole context. But uh, they, they say they can't support it and they fear for its impact on the cenotaph. Mm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to say. That, to be honest, like, uh, it is. Yeah, look, I, I, I can, I can uh, certainly un- understand the impact on on the cenotaph. I mean, it is, it is a, it, it is a place built out of respect for, um, you know, a time in the country's history that deserves endless respect. So we need, you know, we, we, yeah. we, we do need to ensure that, that the cenotaph is respected. But, you know, if if there is impact there, can can we make that a uh, that respect on a on a grander scale potentially? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that there are there are some options available there. That's lots thing, of options they're... available and lots of yeah. balls in the air for the government. Mm. Mm. I will. I will say, Bars. I was surprised by um, by Obi coming out and, and supporting the the stadium. Obviously, opposition leader Rebecca White has been strongly against it, um, and that and that's been Labor's you know kind of path um, strongly against the stadium. So uh, for for Labor member David O'Byrne to to publicly support it um, certainly goes against the um, his party's message. Mm. Yeah, very interesting there. Just before I go as well, got some NPL soccer news as well. The NPL season was officially launched yesterday. Uh, Launceston United, they've been welcomed into the competition, which sees that comp rise up to eight teams. Uh, this season will be sort of slightly slightly different in structure. There'll be a minor premier, as usual, who, who actually takes out the premiership in the NPL, so no finals. But the ladder leaders will come together at the end of the season in a breakaway series uh, of the competition's top teams to play for another trophy. And this year, there'll be four teams in the north and four in the south, and also an under-21s development competition set to be run statewide. Mm. Well, Bailey, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you for joining us from uh, your hotel room up in Lonnie. We'll let you get back to bed. <laughs> but as always, we appreciate you bringing all the all the news and uh, uh, to us over the weekend. And please keep us tuned on anything to do with the stadium because... Uh, as we all know, I'm growing pretty impatient. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Will do. I'll keep you in the loop. You're the best. Thanks, Bows. We've got to go to a break now, but we'll be back after this. This is Saturdays in Tassie with Holly Fowler and Brett Jeeves. 
That's right. Welcome back to the show. Saturdays in Tassie, as always, doing it for Taz Racing. Foster or adopt a greyhound today. Visit gaptaz.org.au. Jeezy, how good's Bales? Giving us a ring from, from Lonnie out of his hotel room. What a legend. Yeah, he's been uh, he's been killing it, Bales. Um, he's uh, you know he's got that he's got that drive as a journal. Like he wants the stories. He doesn't wait for the yeah. press releases to come in and, and just read them. He uh, he's out there hunting stories. So good on him. He's he's been terrific and yeah, um, yeah certainly not, you know, huge, can't go anywhere else. Huge addition to the show. Well, look, we've we've got eyes on him. So and he knows that now. If he if he ever strays, there will be real problems. <laughs> It'll be real problems with you guys. Um, do you find the name of the song? Yes. That Ethan uh, one earlier? one headlight. I'm pretty sure is the is the is is where I got to on that um, that little ditty that um right. that, that Ethan played. So it's a, it's a great song. Uh, Wallflower. So Bob Dylan's son Jacob is the uh, the lead singer. Yeah, so there much. you go. Little tidbit for you, younger <laughs> young youngster. <laughs> Go, Ethan. He's the best. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know what drums and guitars sound like together, would you? It's all about synthesization. Synthesization. No, that, that's that a word. You said it right. Yeah, yeah. But no, right. I'm a bit of an old soul. I, I quite like a bit of older music. Very you good. You know this about me. I went to Red Hot Summer, singing my little heart out. <laughs> What's this here? We better go to a break now, but we'll be back. Shortly See, this isn't actually a song. This is just good made interview for a coming up. <laughs> it's a good song. We'll be back after this. Kindly joined by Ollie Angustine from the Hobart Chargers. Ollie, welcome to the show. That's all right. Good morning. And uh, very excited. Obviously, um, season's coming up. How are you feeling? What's prep looking like at the moment? How's the vibe amongst the amongst the group? Yeah, prep's looking good. I mean, it's only um, three, four more weeks till the season starts on April 1st against the Thunder. But um, obviously the team isn't complete yet. We have um, re-signed with Sam and Jared from the uh, Jack Jumpers, so we're looking forward for them to join the team. And yeah, besides that, the, the young guys looking great. Um, looking forward to see them play for their first games at NBL 1 level. But besides that, I'm really looking forward to the start. Ollie, with um, with with Sam and, and Jared uh, coming into the team, is it is it difficult to integrate them off not a lot of preseason, or do they just fit in seamlessly? Um, it always takes some time for people to fit in, but obviously we played last year with them, so I don't think it's going to take too long. And they're going to join us earlier than they did last year, and we figured it out pretty quick last year, so I'm not that worried about that. And how many how many more changes are, are you expecting to the list? Is is the recruitment over? Is it is it Sam and Jared, or are you expecting uh, some some further additions? Um, I think we probably have one or two more guys coming in. Obviously, last year we had like two more imports and Harry Froling in the team. So I'm not entirely sure. That would be a question for my coach and the people behind the scenes, but. Um, if we if we only like have like local guys, that would be awesome too, and see how far we can go with this team. And mate, your your own journey. We we spoke to uh, your coach Anthony Stewart uh, well, about a month ago now, who who spoke really highly of you and your your game. We asked him about your your prospects for the NBL, and he mentioned that there was a little trigger that because you'd represented Germany in the under 19s that uh, you couldn't play in the NBL as a local. You had to play as an import. Is there any is there any movement around that ruling, or does that mm. is is that likely to stand over the next few years? Um, I think that ruling. Dance, but it's not 
entirely because I played for Germany. I think it's, it has more to do with like citizenship and permanent residency uh, situation. But I'm in the process of applying for my for my uh, citizenship. So as soon as that's done and approved, I will be able to sign with an NBL um, club as a local player. That's exciting, and we hope that you can get that. I think that would make life a little bit easier for you, of course. What's um, what is the the team like amongst the Chargers? Have you for, forged some really good friendships within the group? Is there um, a certain someone on the team that you're closest with? Tell us a little bit about, I guess, the relationships you've built amongst the team as well. Oh, it's a, it's a great team. It's a lot of young guys, but um, for the first time, I'm one of the older guys now, like for playing basketball. I mean, obviously, the last three years before last season I uh, played uh, football and coming back to basketball as a change again like having a smaller team around you and obviously like the relationships you build and like a smaller team they're stronger and I get along with everybody pretty well and when we have those road trips over to Melbourne obviously we, we spend all day together and um, they're all great guys I get along with everybody with the older guys and with the young guys Mate heading heading into the new year as the, as the reigning champs um, how do you how do you look to prepare for that? Is it is it is it different from last year, or is it just you know set plan uh, entering the season as you did last year? Different level of expectation. Talk, talk us through how you've had to navigate that expectation. I guess uh, it's the same plan as last year. Obviously, every team wants to wants to win the premiership, and um, we're just going to come in like last year, be focused, um, execute on the court, and yeah. See where that leads us. And so, when when you're not playing basketball, mate, what what are you up to? Are you are you working, studying? Um, what's what is what does week to week look like for you? Yeah, I'm doing a full time apprenticeship to become Sparky over here, and I just um, over a year ago I had my first son, so that is a bit of full on. So I spend a lot of time with him. <laughs> great it experience. is. <laughs> uh, Ollie, terrific, I'm really. Mate. I'm really interested to hear about your VFL journey as well. And you played at Port Melbourne, which is funny because yeah. I actually played there a few years back as well. So I know the borough as well. And it, um, we, we could yeah. very well have crossed paths before and hadn't known. Um, yeah, yeah, what's that li- yeah, what's that like having having played footy and basketball? Do you love one more than, than the other? And how, I guess, do, does being good at both of those sports it, it, does that work in your in your favour as well, or how does that I guess your VFL experience then go and affect when you go and come onto the court and play basketball? I mean, I moved over to Australia like almost five years ago now. So when I moved over here, I wanted to to try different sports. So I started playing football, and it was a great experience. Met a lot of like so many nice people, and like being able to get to VFL level, but then having cut short by COVID and not being able to play any um, league games, just a couple uh, preseason games. It was still a good experience being like in a professional VFL environment, having a great coach like Gary is um, mm. around you. Um, there's a lot to learn and you learn a lot about yourself, like cha- changing sports and like going to a lot more long distance running than basketball. But it's been a very great experience. There's been uh, a lot is made of um, you know someone like Scott Pendlebury in in, in football who was a, a phenomenal junior basketball and from all reports and we hear it every time Scott enters the field the, the media let us know that he was an amazing basketballer and could have made it had he had he pursued that 
what 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 skills and you know I guess awarenesses from basketball well from from footy can you take back to basketball? You know we hear about Penderbury being great in tight and being able to see you know kind of um, yeah. lanes you know in, in terms of you know um, contested ball and being able to handball it out you know which is you know comparative to basketball. Yeah. What are you able to bring from footy back into basketball? I mean, I played an entirely different position. Like most my football career, I played uh, just in the ruck, and it was I couldn't really figure the game out that well. Like I was, I was athletic on tour, so I was fitting pretty good in the ruck. But besides that, um, I haven't got the the greatest understanding of football so far. But um, yeah, obviously, like you take a lot of physicality um, from the football game. Like being mentally tougher a bit, that really helps with basketball too. You've yeah. you've probably undersold yourself a little bit there. You've played VFL footy, so <laughs> yeah, you've, you're you've saying you exactly. <laughs> you don't know you got, played VFL. Yeah, which is a huge. Yeah. You know, there there are people all over the place that, that would give you know cut off their left hand to be able to, um, you know, play VFL footy. So I think you're underselling yourself a little bit there. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> And heading into the season at the moment, how do you see the other teams shaping up in the NBL one? Is there certain teams that are looking really hot that you guys, uh, the Hobart Chargers, might be concerned about? Or are you just trying to, at the moment, just focus on what you guys are trying to do and, and get into training and put in the work? I mean, mostly we've got to focus on ourselves. There's been a lot of movement, um, like player movements around NBL one. Obviously, yeah. the team we played the the grand final against last year, they've been really good. They made some good additions this year as well. So hopefully we'll still be able to, to beat them. Besides that, a couple of teams made some good additions, but we'll, we're confident we'll be able to, to play on top of that again. Now, Ollie, we're, we're going to have to take off for, for a break here in a second. But before we let you go, um, I've been chatting with your manager, Tim Spotswood. Who um, assures me? <laughs> who assures me you're going to be available for my social basketball team uh, oh next Wednesday? God, the Dad Bods <laughs> at nine ten at Moraine. Is that is true? Not true. Uh, that dep- depends on the payment, but um, I'm always have a tailbone. Uh, <laughs> cream buns is is about where we can come at in terms of uh, remuneration, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah tr- that, that might work. That that, that oh, good. Work? It's a deal. Excellent. <laughs> That's a done deal. Uh, no, terrific, oh, mate. Look, thanks. Th- thanks so much for your time this morning. And um, yeah, look, it's it, it, it was it was really cool to chat to you this morning. We heard so much about you from from your coach Anthony Stewart, who spoke glowingly of you yeah. uh, a month ago. And and I've got a little insight through uh, through Tim Spotswood, who who's at our at our career clubs, shared some cool stories about you as well. So good yeah, luck for the year, well. mate. And um, we look forward to chatting to you again soon. Yeah, cheers, guys. Thank you so much. What an absolute legend, Jeevesy. I love Ollie and his whole journey of playing VFL and then basketball and getting his citizenship here to being a dad to you trying to recruit him. It's done. Well, you heard. that's ver- Verbal agreement stands up in the court of law. So it's unfortunately <laughs> for Ollie. Uh, he's a dad bod next Wednesday, 9-10. You, you, you did mention. What's hap- <laughs> tell, me about this, tell me about this game. What's happening? I haven't heard about this. Oh, I know. I play social basketball very loosely yeah. on a Wednesday night. And, um, oh God, there's, there's been some. told me about this? Well, there's been some young kids come into the league that are just they're a little ahead of themselves. So I'm thinking maybe if I can bring in some of our Chargers <laughs> friends, um, we might just uh, we might just wipe I the floor with them. It.
Are we? <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't. Uh, you didn't want to ask any of the Jack Jumpers because you're just letting them go about their finals business. Or were you? Did did the thought cross your mind to ask any of the Jack Jumpers? Well, no, off? no. I mean, I've got I've got a connection <laughs> to the big fella through through Timmy Spotswood. So the oh, the, the seeds it. definitely been planted. And like and I said, a... verbal agreement stands up in a court of law. So you, you know the big you, the big fellas in. Offer cream buns. Cream buns. Pack oh, of four. Four. Deal. Wow. Deal. <laughs> Done deal. I'm offended I didn't get asked. I, I reckon I'd be all right. You, you're a bit small. Sorry. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> this is Saturdays in Tassie with Holly Fowler and Brett Jeeves. Welcome back to the show. Holly Fowler, Brett Jeeves, Saturdays in Tassie, as always, for Taz Racing. Kindly joined by Elise Villani, absolute champion off the back of an incredible win last weekend. Elise, welcome to the show once again. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Uh, tell us, I mean, I, I'm lost for words, really. What tell an amazing win. Tell us everything. We need to know everything. Um, amazing win last weekend. We've obviously, we've had you on the, the show before, so it's so nice um, to be able to chat with you again, especially under these circumstances. Just what? how amazing was that, really? Um, yeah, look, it was, um, it was, look, the last second, it was amazing. Um, up yeah. until that point, it was very stressful um, <laughs> and pretty unenjoyable, to be honest, on and off and um, ahead of Duckworth Lewis, behind Duckworth Lewis. And it was just, yeah, look, it was, it was an unbelievable game. Thought we obviously weren't going to get over the line in that last over and then enter Sarah Coyd and miracles can happen. Elise, share, share with us the, the message to the players during that last rain break. So, you know, everyone's kind of seen the game and the momentum had clearly shifted back in favour of, of, of South Australia. They were in front on Duckworth Lewis and that came off the, off the back of six overs of power. They went nuts, took the game on, got themselves ahead. It rained, you guys went off. What was the message to the team from you? Uh, look, it was really simple. Um, you know, they needed 23 off 18 in those um, after that last rain delay. And we just sort of spoke about, look, we've played plenty of T20 cricket. Um, we've got to remain really calm out there and we've got to think about our death bowling and try and execute as well as we can. And um, whatever sort of comes of that, then, then so be it. But we really wanted to um, stick to our processes and stick together and um, make sure we didn't panic. Did it, did it work in your favour a little bit in that it actually gave you time to, to breathe a bit? So the, the difficulty with captain, well, being captain is that you're making decisions on the fly. Uh, who am I bowling now? This situation, wet ball, you know, it, all, it, it was all going against you. By having that break, you actually got time to sit down and map out uh, those 18 balls, who was going to bowl where, what fields, planning for, for, for specific batters. Was that of benefit to you? Um, look, potentially, um it, yeah, look, it did give us a second. It, um, when I did sort of stand there and speak to Jude and um, Tim, our analyst, it was there wasn't much clarity at that point. At that, at that point in time, um, to be completely honest, it was so like I knew that I wanted to bowl Coity, and it was just you know pace off was probably a good option um, from the other end. But the ball was also really wet, so it was really difficult for our bowlers. So it was just sort of talking through, like, you know, who do we think number one can hold on to the ball? We want to take the pace off and what sort of fields do we need? Um, you know, speaking to Amy Smith, she hadn't spent much time coming around the wicket to a lefty, so we couldn't sort of implement that plan. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was still actually quite stressful. But at the end of the day, we just sort of spoke about, look, let's just get, you know, Queedy and Amy to, to bowl their best balls, essentially, if, if Gemma Barsby's going to 
switch hit then basically was going to get um, Amy to to follow her and, um, you know, take it out of that swing arc, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it allowed some clarity, but at the same time, it was very, very stressful. I bet. We spoke to um, – oh, sorry, Holly, you go. No, no, you go, Jeevesy. We're both excited I... just to talk to you. <laughs> uh, and we're, we're, Holly's in Sydney and I'm in Hobart, so we're, we've been speaking over on, each other all morning, Elisa. <laughs> sorry about that. Um uh, we spoke with Naomi Stalenberg yesterday, and she mentioned oh, yeah, she um, mentioned the change in ball. Um, you know, David Lithgow asked a question around its impact on that last over. You know, was there some additional nibble um, with you know, obviously a, a harder seam by removing the wet ball with a new ball? Did that did that impact at all? Do you think? Um, well, we actually changed the ball at the other end. So um, these days, you have a um, you know, two different balls out there. So you've got one. Oh, that rule stuck. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So um, we, we changed the ball with Amy's end. I just sort of kept saying to her, if you can't grip the ball, let me know and we'll change the ball. Um, and mm. then I think she changed it maybe with one ball to go or two balls to go. So Cordy gotcha. still had, yeah, Cordy still had the her old ball. The old wet ball. That was obviously the magic ball, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, which is, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I asked that now because you know a lot of people I've spoken to around, you know, cricket have kind of been talking about the same thing that the the change in ball kind of shifted the shifted the game, which is, you know, obviously with seven balls left, but we can put that to bed. That's done. <laughs> oh, I love it, Elise. Tell us a little bit about. Um, obviously, we we could see if you were streaming online and and you're facing up on the hill, there weren't as many people out on the hill given the weather but what was the crowd like you could definitely hear them if you were watching and and streaming the game um as well a lot of support on the day how did that feel yeah the crowd was pretty rowdy by that stage to be honest <laughs> because it felt like the world's longest day um yeah and it just sort of kept going and you know they've been enjoying themselves all day so yeah it was um it was it was nice that it was a home game at that point in time to be completely honest and we, we did feel like we had a lot of support um and a lot of you know family and friends were there, which was awesome, and some past players and that sort of stuff. So we did feel like we had, you know, quite a lot of support behind us, which was um, yeah, which was pretty incredible to be honest. And it was certainly a, a good game to to have the support there as well. Yeah, I love it. And uh, could you give us an insight into the the celebrations afterwards? Maybe what did you you know say to the team? Um, of course, I actually saw some footage. I think I might have been of tubes. Uh, Taylor singing um, Flowers by Miley Cyrus, or is that a rumour? <laughs> yeah, look, that definitely could have could have occurred. Um, I had to um, I had to pop out for a drug test myself and Jules Kavanagh had to pop out for oh, a drug fun. test at, at some stage, so that wasn't overly fun. <laughs> but, um, That's a yeah, bit of a buzzkill. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but um, well, the change is always fun with our group. We we have a yeah. big speaker going. Um, Molly Strano generally it. takes the mic a lot of the time, and um, <laughs> yeah, everyone just sort of enjoys everyone's company, and we stay pretty tight knit in there. And um, yeah, a bit of karaoke and um, lots <laughs> lots of fun. Elise, your your own form has been truly oh, extraordinary. Uh, back into the year, just a, a run of hundreds, um, hundred in the final again. Truly, truly special. Um, how, how how are you feeling about cricket at the moment? I mean, it, it doesn't get any better than this, right? Yeah, look, it's um, it's it's an interesting one because momentum can really shift in cricket pretty quickly. So I guess I was just, you know, fortunate that I sort of had the momentum at the right time in, in the season. But, um, yeah, it's always nice when you're scoring runs and winning and then it's always um, not as nice when you're not scoring runs and you're not winning. So the team's in a pretty good spot at the moment and it is really... Um, it's a great feeling to finish the season, I guess, off really well as a team. Um, 
and yeah, I guess making some runs as well. So that doesn't always happen. I've had many seasons where I finish at a, at, on a low, so it is nice to sort of go into this off season feeling like you know you, you achieved what you set out to achieve as a group. Yeah, and and, and so I guess now uh, uh, a bit of a break, eight to eight to ten weeks, and then back into the preseason with a with a genuine prospect of uh, a three peat. Is that has that been spoken about already? Is there a motivation from from the team internally to to achieve something as special as that? I mean, it's been joked about so far, but I, I, I do believe that um, everyone's pretty serious about, um, you know, we're in a bit of a, we've got a bit of an opportunity ahead of us where, um, you know, we've got a really great squad um, that, you know, is probably going to stick together for the next couple of years. So we've got, you know, some genuine opportunity ahead of us to create that history that we set out to to set out to create. So, um, look, I, I see absolutely no reason why we can't have that as our goal. And I know that the girls have really enjoyed winning Ruth and, and having Ruth in Tassie and we'd like to keep her here for as long as possible. So um, absolutely, we'll put our heads together and work out how we can improve as a group and what we need to do um, for next season to make sure that we're in the strongest position possible. Yeah, I love that. And we've spoken to a number of members of the team and and all of you have this real togetherness about you, um, which obviously reflects in the game and then taking out a win again for the second for the second year in a row. What does uh, this time off look like for you? An hour away from the group, or I mean, you probably all hang out with each other outside as well. But uh, sort of, what does this downtime look for you? What are you looking forward to about that? Uh, I'm looking uh, look in March. We um, we still have some um, commitments at Blunston, so we've got a bit of fitness testing, a bit of community work, um, and yep. stuff like that. So we'll be spending um, March together a little bit, um, and then you know. We'll go our separate ways if um, if that's what the girls um, look to do. So I'll certainly be looking to get away and visit family and friends back in Melbourne, um, yep. head off overseas with my partner and, and spend some downtime away from Bonston and hopefully not even looking at Bonston, to be honest. I'm <laughs> looking forward to a bit of a break um, and then, yeah, coming back, you know, even, even more hungry to sort of... Um, be back there and achieve some more goals but yeah I think um, just getting away and, and making sure we really spend some time um, on ourselves as individuals and spending time with loved ones and all that the sort of stuff that we don't get to do as much as we would like to during cricket season I think that's really important. Elise just one one last one before we get to a break um, you know we spoke about your form just being as red hot as as any cricketer in the in the world at the moment truly special period of cricket the success of the um, the Australian women's team that they're running hot as well. They're probably the most successful cricket team in the in in the country as well. Is is there an element of frustration in in you that you know that uh, in in any other era those performances you've just strung together would would get you into an Australian team? The success of the Australian team, whilst terrific, is is probably holding you back a little bit. Like does that does that eat away at you at all? Uh look. To be honest, I've been out of the Australian team for a few years now, um, and probably early days it did. Um, it did sort of frustrate me a little bit, but um, you know, in the last couple of years, I've I've really just thought about why I play cricket and gone back to my roots in that sense, and and made sure that um, I'm just looking to enjoy it, looking to improve every day, and looking to create something really special down here in Tasmania. And um, yeah, that's that's meant that I'm really content at the moment with where I am. So obviously. All that stuff is really uncontrollable, and there's so many examples. I feel like there's a lot of girls um, that you know 
could be in that team and, and performing really well. But as you said, the depth in Australian cricket at the moment is phenomenal um, and, you know, they're performing really well. And uh, Meg Lanning and her crew, you, you can't really argue with um, how mm. well they've been going. So, yeah, look, it, it is what it is and um, I'm just really enjoying where I'm at at the minute. Well, where you're at at the minute is certainly working for you, Elise. We've loved watching you um, and the group and congratulations, second year in a row. Absolutely amazing. And we look forward to seeing what you can do. But for now, enjoy enjoy your break. Enjoy a little bit of downtime. And thank you for giving us a little, a little piece of that downtime and joining the show this morning. Thank you very much for having me. Cheers. You're the best, Elise. We'll be back after this break. Welcome back. Saturday is in Tassie. Holly Fowler, Brett Jeeves. Of course, doing it for Taz Racing, foster or adopt a greyhound today. Visit captaz.org.au. And GapTaz is actually open today, Jeevesy. I know they're open this morning, I believe, from 10 a.m. Um, for those listeners that might like to go and get a greyhound because they're absolutely the best. And I know that they're they're open today looking for new homes. Jeevesy, are you going to get one? Well, Holly, we've been talking about how long we've been doing this show for a little while now, haven't we? And we've been we've been talking about getting out there and doing a show from so uh, from Gap. So um, you're at Taz Racing now. So I think you need to organise that. Let's get out I, there. I should organise it. The, surround the, ourselves in puppy dogs. Oh my god, that would be the best a sp- OB special ever. version of heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, they would be. Seriously, are the most amazing dogs. They literally. S- I don't know if you know this, but they sleep for 18 hours a day on average. They just wow. Sleep. Yeah, and they don't bark um, or rarely, if ever, bark, and they mm. literally just la- lounge around all day. They they like they'll, they'll have a sprint but a last a very short journey, and then they'll just crash. Sounds like me, honestly, to be honest. Oh, so I was just thinking maybe I'm, a, I'm part greyhound. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe this greyhound. whole sleep scenario is... Uh, starting to really, you know, kind of <laughs> kick home here. That, that, that maybe, yeah. Anyway, but I tell you, who's oh in a special gosh. place? That 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 chat with Elise Falani was oh was God. awesome. Uh, she gives great great insight. She's got a you know she an does. unbelievable cricket IQ and yeah. just to hear she about very well, Elise as well, just quietly. Yeah, it's just just to really hear well. about that that game. Uh, having you know watched a good portion of it and. Yeah, you know, it's it's cool to to be taken inside those conversations. What what happens yeah. at the uh, at the rain break? What's the strategy? Um, and you know, she kind of spoke about chatting to the um, to the strategist, the um, the IT guy that would you know he he plots all the data, uh, who's hitting the ball where. Um, so yeah, great great insight. And and look, to be honest, I do feel for Elise as well because she's. You know, she's in red hot form, um, and in any other era of of cricket, she would be you know um, a regular representative in in that Australian team. Um, yeah, you know, and there 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 are, there are un, unlucky people all throughout. You know, all sports. You know, Jamie Cox, Jamie Siddons. You know, um, on the male side. You know, I think Elise Falani, given her form, is. You know, she's going to end up her career, and people will reflect on the back end and go, "Geez, she was she was really stiff." That you know, the, that that era of cricket was so strong. You know, it actually denied her some opportunities to to play more cricket for Australia. Mm. Yeah, I like that you brought that up, and it was interesting to hear her response to and her just saying, "Look, yeah, I like." I think a part of her probably agreed with you, but she was also like, "I'm just feeling really content with what I'm doing and enjoying it." And that obviously, maybe that relaxation and just being content with where she's at and maybe not trying to do more is just mm. like wh- why her game's so good because she's just she's just enjoying it. I mean, I that's th- the way it seems, right? It. She's just yeah. loving it. 
Yeah, you've, yeah. You've, hit the, you've hit the nail right on the head that, you know, she's she's kind of released herself from the expectation of having to play for Australia or having that, that burning aspiration to, to meet that expectation. And so cricket for her has, has become very different. It's about enjoying herself. It's about the relationships. It's about her getting out of the cricket, out of cricket, what she wants, and that's enjoyment. You know, it's back to yeah. that, that base level reason as to why you play as a kid. It's to have fun. Um, yep. And she's certainly doing that back-to-back, um, uh, winning captain, you know, and if, if they can keep that, that group together, um, you know, they've gone back-to-back with the group. Strano signed on again. She's terrific. Yeah. Um, they're, they're a real chance of, of winning three in a row. Yeah. Imagine that. That would be amazing. That, three that's in a, a party. Yeah. That <laughs> that's a massive party that SEN should absolutely be at. What? <laughs> In. We should be invited. Imagine you on the karaoke machine in the change rooms. My God. Well, James. I mean, we've, you know, I mean, you've just sat, you know, listeners, you've, you've just sat through an open negotiation with uh, big Ollie Angerstein. Cream buns will get it done. And to be honest, I'll be involved in that party for less than cream buns. So we're, we're, we're coming to the table with very low expectation. Oh, my God. That is brilliant. Oh, that really got me. That's hilarious. I'm crying in this over here. That's funny. As. Oh, I love it. All right, we better get to a break now, um, but we'll be back on the other side of this. It's no secret greyhounds make great pets. Foster or adopt a retired greyhound. Gaptaz.org.au. This is Saturdays in Tassie with Holly Fowler and Brett Jeeves. Ethan is the best DJ ever. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm properly flat, Holly, and I'm happy to share this. And that was the oh, Cranberries. Yeah. Oh, I got that one right. Terrific. Yeah. Um, so it turns out that the little ditty we were playing before, that wasn't uh, the Wallflowers, one headlight, that was David Bowie's Heroes. Um, oh. So if Ethan's on it, maybe we can play that again at some point so I can... So it definitely sounds like, like part of that song I was thinking of. So, But anyway, that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm now flat, though, to be honest, because I... I pride myself on my music knowledge through that era. Oh, Ethan, what have you done? He's burnt me. (laughs) (laughs) I should have cheated and asked him first. (laughs) Crushed your dreams. Crushed me. That's okay, though. Jeevesy, I have to ask you um, about the Glenorchy State League, of course, committing to the one team. And we spoke to them a number of weeks ago. It wasn't that that long ago. Yeah, a month ago. ago, Yeah, Timmy Woodham, the new president. Yep. Yeah, of course. And obviously uh, the challenges and not being able to um, put together a a development league. Um, And he, you know, obviously his conversation was that we need it. Um, and that we're going to push for it, and he was—he certainly wasn't going down without a fight, or at least that—that's the way I looked at the conversation. So I wonder then, yeah, what what happens now? How do you think that team is going to go? How does that not having the two teams? How do you feel that that affects the community? What what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's um, it's I mean, it's a really interesting, um, really interesting talking point has been for for some time that. Uh, the Glenorchy Footy Club last year really struggled. You know, for the for the first time in quite a while, they were you know on their knees performance-wise, average losing margin of, of over 100, um, and that that in itself is a you know kind of sends people in in a different direction. Do you want it? You know, and with the state league as well, the expectation is that you'll train three nights a week and you'll play Saturday and you'll recover Sunday, and your commitment to state league footy is is through the roof. Um, you know, and then off to the side of that, you've got the lure of 
the SFL and the old scholars competition where, you know, the money's probably a little bit better for a player of state league standard and the commitment is far less. And who doesn't want to get more money for less commitment? That's, that's like the golden yeah. rule of life. Um, yeah. So obviously back end of last year, it was always going to be a, a huge problem for the club to, to keep, um, you know, some of their better players because of the, the lure of, um, you know, what we just spoke about. Um, but then also, you know, sort of finding out that the, that the club was in such big debt um, really played a huge part in, in, in the conversation being escalated to an AFL-TAS level. Um, you know, the club struggled last year for, for a development league team. I don't think they fielded one for, for a number of rounds. Um, so this was it was all pointing in, in this direction of them, them needing to be a, a huge decision made as to the, the future of the footy club. I'm yep. thrilled that they've uh, that they've been able to you know sort of hold on uh, from all reports that the numbers are mm-hmm. 30 plus each each week now so they've they've got enough to to field a team yep. um, and and they've committed to AFL Tasmania that they'll field a state league team. The mm. the biggest concern in all of that is what what type of what type of standard is that team going to be at? Um, yeah, so they've lost a number of key lost a number mm. of key players from last year. Um, and and haven't replaced them with, with you know with, with same level of players. So um, you you would imagine that outside of looking in that the performances are going to be bad, like historically bad in terms of state league footy. Um, is is there an argument that that maybe they should have um, you know been seeking some type of ex- exemption to to drop back into the SFL and become part of the regional competition rather than try and overexpose themselves to to, to state league. Um, stand of the footy, you know, the, the, the questions around um, uh, injury replacements. Okay, you've got 30 to 37 players. Uh, of that, you know, you might have 15 to 20 that are of state league standard. Inevitably, you know, as part of semi-professional sport, there is going to be periods where there are going to be five, six, seven, ten players unavailable through injury or commitment to work or you know everyone's good you know there's the occasional family wedding in winter that you know that that you've got to miss a game for so will they have the depth to be able to cover that and then and then on top of that holly as well what happens to the to the players that aren't selected in that state league team well well, that's right as well what happens to them and and what happens to the the team i guess going forward and their success in obviously just putting the one the one team forward. Um, but, Jeevesy, I'm keen to understand. Uh, we've got to go to a quick break, but after this I want to ask you about what, how you feel that that affects then, obviously, and how that reinforces the need for the 19th licence. We've got to quickly mm. go to a break. But after that, I really want to ask you about that too because I'm interested to hear your opinion. So we'll be back quickly after this. This is Saturdays in Tassie with Holly Fowler and Brett Jeeves. Hey! Yeah. Saturdays in Tassie. Holly Fowler, Brett Jeeves, Jeezy, you happy with it? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but there was no words when when we played it before, was there? Yeah, I can hear it now. I've, I've got it now. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well, that that's the apology for having to go to a break too quickly. Um, before is that I uh, Ethan Ethan put together a bit of music for you. <laughs> it's to just you up. stitch me up. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. You're yeah. the best. Yeah, good. But what a show. How good's Elise? I just keep yeah about that chat. She's awesome. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, it was great fun today. Ollie, Ollie was good. He, he, he took my recruitment in good spirits. And, yep. Um, he doesn't know that it's happening, but it's happening. Yep. You've, that's, uh, you've, that's cool. You've got Ollie for your social basketball team. Um, Elise is smashing it. What a, t- what a time. Actually, you know, I can, I can, I can see Ollie and I now running the pick and roll, um, <laughs> pick and pop. We'll, geez, we'll be, we'll be di- dynamic, the two of us. 
Like Kobe and Shaq. Oh, my God. That's a stretch, but all right. <laughs> What's oh. on the day, Holly? What are you going to do in Sydney? Sydney. Well, you know, it's all NRL here. It's, uh, it was what I um, went to out, out for dinner last night, and it was all over the all over the screens. God, they just love NRL here in Sydney. Yeah, it's huge, Something isn't it? no one really talks about in Tassie, and obviously I've lived in Brisbane for a period, and they're nuts over it there, but we're obviously all footy AFL, which I'm all for, but, God, really passionate supporters, I have to admit. <laughs> well, Holly, it's, to be honest, it's little wonder the, GW, the GWS has failed miserably because uh-huh. it's NRL town. Difficult yeah, to take is, over. It is serious NRL town, Jeeves. Mm. But what a show we've had! We've got we've got to um we're going to get timed out here, and we, the music's going to play over us. But what a, what a great show! So as long as it's a, not David Bowie, I'll be <laughs> even fine. Though, even though we're apart, I felt like the team really <laughs> brought it home, um and and some great guests as well. And we've loved uh, we've loved bringing all the local news to you, of course, with our friend Bailey Kenzie, and we'd like to end the show, of course, Vale, um, Lance Balding as well. Rest in peace, and all our deeper sympathies and thoughts to Lance's wife Mandy and all those affected by his passing. But we better get out of here, Jeevesy. Yep, amen. Saturdays in Tassie. Let's see you guys. See you next week.